Welcome to Back to Health, your source for the latest in health, wellness, and medical care, keeping you informed so you can make informed healthcare choices for yourself and your whole family. Back to Health features conversations about trending health topics and medical breakthroughs from our team of world-renowned physicians at Wild Cornell Medicine. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me to share a patient's story and Parkinson's disease awareness is Dr. Matthew Fink. He's a Louise and Gertrude File Professor and Chairman of the Department of Neurology at Weill Cornell Medical College and Neurologist-in-Chief at New York Presbyterian Hospital Weill Cornell Medical Center, and Lawrence Stern, who's a patient of Dr. Fink's, and joining us is his wife, Susan Stern. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Lawrence, let's just get right into this and start with you. Can you please tell us your story and how you came to meet Dr. Fink? Dr. Fink was not the beginning of my story. It started about a year earlier. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and became a patient at Wild Cornell in the Parkinson practice. And my doctor wisely warned me that I needed to get my blood pressure down, but my general practitioner didn't think it was anything to worry about. So we didn't worry about it. And about, I guess it was a year or so later, I had a stroke. And it was at that point that I met Dr. Fink. He was my stroke doctor. And eventually, um, my Parkinson doctor moved on to a different hospital. And I stayed on with Dr. Fink, who knows a lot about Parkinson's as well. I just want to frame this. Dr. Fink is not your typical Parkinson doctor. It's a different disease than, than what you see a lot of. It's, it's a progressive disease has no cure, and people tend not to die of it. So it's great for a doctor, particularly who likes research, and most of the doctors in Parkinson's practice are researchers, and they they don't bother them on the weekends. They like it. And Dr. Fink, he doesn't treat his patients like they're specimens to be researched. And so that is a major difference, I think. Well, that's so important, and thank you so much for telling us how this all began. Susan, how did the diagnosis of Parkinson's affect the quality of your family life? Speak about Lawrence a bit and you as a caregiver. I think the first thing was a great deal of uncertainty because it's very difficult when you read about it and what your individual situation might be. And I think where Dr. Fink has actually been so helpful is in being able to differentiate each patient because each patient is very, very different in Parkinson and how they evolve, what they need. And he's been just fantastic at that. And particularly when it got to the point that the medications were just no longer working, which he quite truthfully had warned us about for many years. And he brought up the suggestion of the DBS surgery because we also added that on to what we did uh, afterwards is that Lawrence had deep brain stimulation surgery. And Dr. Fink was able to cut his medications in half and continues to work with what is, you know, again, each patient is so unique, I think, in Parkinson's. And I think that's perhaps somewhat different than in other diseases. So he has been wonderful in being able to help us along these different paths. Which is even a more complex situation given the stroke. So Dr. Fink, please tell us about the treatments, and Susan just mentioned deep brain stimulation. What is exciting in this field right now? Tell us a little bit about how you work with your patients. Sure. Well, thank you. First of all, Susan and Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us and for your your gracious comments. I first met Lawrence now, it was 15 years ago, 
And I learned a long time ago, and he mentioned that this is a chronic illness. It's not cured by anything that we know right now, and it also doesn't kill you. So, I mean, Lawrence and I are, are in this for life, really. So it's a long-term relationship that you have with a patient who has Parkinson's disease because it goes on for a long time. And so he followed the course, which is quite common, that for about 10 years, he did very well taking medications. And we adjusted medications and we used different forms of them. And he did well. And then he stopped responding very well to medications. And so we talked about treating him with a technique which was developed over many years. And we were one of the most active groups developing this deep brain stimulation, which is a treatment where the neurosurgeon places very, very fine, thin electrodes deep down into the brain, into the part of the brain that controls movements. And we've discovered from years of doing research in this area that applying a very mild electrical stimulation to this part of the brain has an extremely beneficial effect on patients with Parkinson's disease. It diminishes the tremor, it makes their muscles more flexible, improves their movements and activity, and allows us to then reduce the medications. And it is truly an amazing treatment, and it lasts for years and years. We have not found any patients where the effects of deep brain stimulation, in fact, wear off. It continues to work for a long time to come. And in the future, we have some really exciting new treatments on the horizon. The one that I am most excited about is the use of stem cells that are inserted into the brain of the patient who has Parkinson's disease. These stem cells have been induced to become brain cells, neurons, that produce the missing chemical called dopamine, and they're put into the person's brain, and it replaces those brain cells that have been lost. And, and I really feel that this is going to turn out to be a revolutionary treatment for this condition. We're just starting to treat a small group of patients with the treatment. We will know within, I think, another year or two uh, whether it works well, and if it in fact does, I think there are going to be many, many patients that are going to benefit from that treatment. That's so cool, Dr. Fink. Very exciting developments. Lawrence, how do you feel now after DBS and working with this very kind and compassionate doctor? How do you feel? It's been four years since I had surgery, and I feel like I was given a gift. I was rapidly becoming dysfunctional prior to the surgery. And now I'm pretty good, so I'm happy. Susan, I'd love it if you told us what the staff were like for you at Wild Cornell Medicine. What in particular stood out about the care that Lawrence received and even the communication that you received? Please share in your own words why you appreciate this care team so much. I think they've all been wonderful from day one. Certainly in the warning we didn't take about the potential stroke, but then Afterwards, we went in to Wild Cornell and went to Dr. Fink. It was what it was called unexplained stroke. And we had several doctors that went through what had caused the stroke, and they were able to completely comfort us that this was not going to happen again, which, of course, was very important to have that belief before you did the DBS surgery. 
So I think they were instrumental in getting us past those initial fears with the stroke. And certainly with the Parkinson's, you know, every time before we have an appointment with Dr. Fink, we sit down and say, you know, ask each other, okay, what do we want to ask? What do we want to talk about? And what I always find, which is most frustrating, is that there'll always be one thing that Lawrence will bring up that we never discussed for a question or a comment about something that comes out of the blue that I didn't know about. And this is a great time to to bring it all out for things that might be bothering him and to have Dr. Fink look at how the meds are working, etc. It makes my life interesting, Susan, to have patients come in on any given day, and I never know exactly what's going to happen because the patients always have a surprise for me. So that's perfectly okay. I'm glad I can still surprise both of you. I just wanted to comment that the staff is really wonderful at Wild Cornell. And I'll start with Dr. Fink, but I'll end with somebody else. I woke up one morning and my face was paralyzed on one side. And I thought, oh no, I've had another stroke. I waited until uh, as long as I could, which was about 6.45 in the morning. And I decided to call Dr. Fink on his cell phone and I got an answering machine and left a message, and he called me back about 10 minutes later, apologizing that he was in the shower when I called, and so I could take my call. And he basically diagnosed me over the phone, and I went to the emergency room, and all, all was fine. But if you can imagine a doctor giving you a cell phone and apologizing for not answering it instantly, it's pretty remarkable. And I think that speaks to the entire staff. They're all pretty remarkable, but the DBS surgery is not a whole lot of fun. And I was very anxious about having to stay still and awake for the period of the surgery. I will never forget the the nurse who prepped me. She helped me through my anxiety. She said, this is life-altering surgery, and nobody backs out. And uh, she was right. It is life-altering. I'm so glad she was able to tell you that. This is so encouraging to hear from all of you. Dr. Fink, what would you like to tell people who are worried about this condition, who have maybe just recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's, about the things that they can do to help navigate this complex world that you are so deftly helping Susan and Lawrence navigate? Well, thank you for asking. First, there are millions of people in North America, let alone the rest of the world, that are going to develop Parkinson's disease. It's the most rapidly increasing of the neurodegenerative conditions, increasing more rapidly than Alzheimer's disease. And and the reason for that is we think that many of the cases are caused by environmental toxins, And we're obviously polluting our world, and that's causing more and more cases of Parkinson's disease. And there are a lot of symptoms that occur before the disease is fully manifest. So, for example, there are people that have abnormal sleep patterns and abnormal dreaming called REM sleep behavior disorder. Uh, where they act out their dreams. A lot of people have that. Many of those people will develop Parkinson's disease. So the message is, if you have funny things that happen to you when you're sleeping, if you have peculiar movements that occur when you're doing work or you're sitting and watching TV, please don't hesitate. See your doctor about these things early on because we're developing treatments now that we believe can either delay the progression of the disease and prevent it from getting worse, 
or may even be able to stop it in its tracks. And then, aside from medications, we have learned over the years that one of the most effective treatments for Parkinson's disease is physical exercise. Physical exercise can slow and in some cases actually stop the progression of the condition for a long time. Like in many other conditions, as you get older, the more exercise you do, the better off your body and your nervous system will be. And that applies to people with Parkinson's as well. I'd love to give you each a chance for a final thought. And Lawrence, I'd like to start with you. If you had to pick a positive part of this entire experience, what would you say was that for you? And what would you like to tell Dr. Fink directly? Well, I, I start with the last part first, because that's the easiest. Thank you. Words cannot say it any more than that. And in terms of what, what's the best thing that's come out of this, nothing good has come out of this at all. It's a miserable disease, but with Dr. Fink and Dr. Kaplitz's help, I was able to, to do this DBS surgery, and it has really uh, turned things around for me. So thank you again, Dr. Fink. I just wanted to say thank you to you, Lawrence. You are one of my favorite patients, and the reason is that you and Susan are so open and honest with how you're feeling and your problems, and you're very clear about likes and dislikes. And that is just a wonderful thing for a patient to be able to openly express to their doctor how they feel about everything. It makes my job easier and it helps me to take care of you. I do have something I'd like to add. If anyone who listens to this is thinking about DBS, be sure it's very important to discuss your expectations with your neurologist and the surgeon and make sure that what you expect from the surgery and the following is in line with what the surgeon and the neurologist think. I've run across people who've had a mismatch in expectations, and that doesn't seem to work out too well. So that's an important thing, I think. I might add there that one of the things with the DBS surgery was Dr. Kaplan did warn us that there might be some short-term memory problems. <laughs> and I don't think that we actually fully realized the short-term memory problems because Lawrence could remember none of his passwords after the surgery, and I called Dr. Kaplan, and he called right back, okay, said, no, you know, it's normal. And by the time we had changed all of his passwords, he remembered them all again. So it's... Uh, well, it's, who uh, of us can remember our passwords? I, uh, yeah, exactly. My goodness. Exactly. <laughs> so this, but this was instantaneous, all of them gone. <laughs> so, uh, wow. But they were wonderful. And Dr. Fink going through that whole process afterwards in getting him back on track was fantastic. And Susan, why don't you tell Dr. Fink what you would like him to know about the care that you've received and speak to any member of the teams that have helped you navigate this. Oh, I think it's been wonderful. I think it's also so, Dr. Fink, we thank you, and that he's been coordinating everything for us because it, quite truthfully, the Parkinson's, Lawrence says, Parkinson's is, you know, is very difficult, but I think one of the comfort factors is that you do not die of it. And I think we have realized that in general, that you come back thanks to the good medical care when you start to slip a bit and you start to get discouraged. We've been very fortunate to have medical professionals who have been able to get Lawrence back on track again. So we remain, I think, extremely optimistic. It's a real multidisciplinary approach to dealing with all of this. And Dr. Fink, 
I would just like your final thoughts on this and your final words, because this has been so uplifting, such an encouraging story that Lawrence and Susan have told us today, and of course, your compassionate care. What would you like to leave the listeners with? I would just like people to never lose hope, regardless of what the problem is. We are always here to find something that is going to help. Whatever the problem is, we will find something to help you. And that's really my purpose in being a doctor, is to do that. And that's the way we look at things, and that's the way we will always take care of our patients. That's lovely. And I just absolutely thank you all for joining us and sharing this story and sharing how you all work together. Thank you again. And while Cornell Medicine continues to see our patients in person as well as through video visits, and you can be confident of the safety of your appointments at Wild Cornell Medicine. That concludes today's episode of Back to Health. We'd like to invite our audience to download, subscribe, rate, and review Back to Health on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. For more health tips, please visit wildcornell.org and search podcasts and parents. Don't forget to check out our Kids HealthCast. I'm Melanie Cole. Every parent wants what's best for their children. But in the age of the Internet, it can be difficult to navigate what is actually fact-based or pure speculation. Cut through the noise with Kids HealthCast, featuring Wild Cornell Medicine's expert physicians and researchers, discussing a wide range of health topics, providing information on the latest medical science. Finally, a podcast to help you make informed choices for your family's health and wellness. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars. All information contained in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes. The information is not intended nor suited to be a replacement or substitute for professional medical treatment or for professional medical advice relative to a specific medical question or condition. We urge you to always seek the advice of your physician or medical professional with respect to your medical condition or questions. While Cornell Medicine makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast, and any reliance on such information is done at your own risk. Participants may have consulting, equity, board board membership, or other relationships with pharmaceutical, biotech, or device companies unrelated to their role in this podcast. No payments have been made by any company to endorse any treatments, devices, or procedures. And while Cornell Medicine does not endorse, approve, or recommend any product, service, or entity mentioned in this podcast. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not represent the perspectives of Wild Cornell Medicine as an institution.